Welcome to the seventh episode of the Zoomer Breakdown Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. I'm Osborne. And I'm Jaden. Today we will be talking about Animal Farm by George Orwell. As we talked about last time, hopefully you've read it by now, but if you haven't, that's totally fine. Um, we will go ahead and probably spoil the whole thing. Yes. But if you haven't read it, um, going into it, if you do when, if you do eventually read it, you'll know it's not really a book that you should mind being spoiled because it's a political satire. You could you could spoil it in about an hour for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by reading, reading it. it, I know. Um, That's not spoiling. It's a short book. It's, it's a got, yeah. uh, it's got about thirty-nine pages. Okay, hundred and forty-one. But it's minus two because it starts on page three. Oh. so one hundred thirty-nine. But oh. there's also I also time. read the preface and the introduction. Yeah, you can read that, but but that's like on the we're arguing over some. That's not necessary. I mean, it does give you more insight as to what's going on. I guess, yeah. but we'll be talking about what's going on. What is going on? Um, George Orwell, he was a... Um, Maybe don't slam the book. <laughs> <laughs> Gently set it on the desk. Gently set it down, yes. On the futon. Uh, yeah. No, I want it handy so I can reference it. Let's see, where was George Orwell from? Um, he, oh, he... Oh, yeah, he was English and he grew up um, with his father in uh, India. It was during the British occupation there. Uh-huh. And he served during during the uh, Spanish Civil War, um, and he uh, escaped from the Stalinists, who sought to kill his group. Um, they did not uh, back. He did not back the Stalin or Rus- Russian communists, so he was uh, anti-communist. But he was a, funnily enough, he was a socialist, and he did not intend Animal Farm to be such a detriment to broader socialism as it was Um, yeah it was supposed to be specifically attacking stalin and russia which he believed were bad they were like it was like the true communism has never been tried kind of thing it was like this is not true socialism this is the scenario where instead of socialism occurring you have a tyrant who comes in and seizes all Mm -hmm. the power right um so he was getting very frustrated not just frustrated but um more intense word he was uh, horrified and disgusted and uh, exhausted by the um, terrible uh, cruelty of the soviets especially stalin and of the uh, hypocrisies in their policies and their worldviews and in the way in which they mistreated people and um, all of that uh, stemming from a corrupt form of government and he wrote so he wrote Animal Farm as a message to the West um, about what forms of government they should avoid um, because he I think he himself said that you know he's he was um, concerned that the West could all too easily fall into that same trap and live the same nightmare um, because uh, there there were a lot of people and still are a lot of people in the West that sympathize with the russians and the soviet um the soviet ideal the soviet dream and that were kind of downplaying a lot of the uh russian socialism even though there were terrible things that were happening because of it Um, yeah and another distinction to make is to distinguish uh to distinguish socialism from communism 
from other forms of government, such as fascism or Nazism. So I, I have this little uh, thing. I have it saved on my phone. I think it's from a Dear Anne segment in a newspaper. It's from a teacher, right? And right. it's a, a maxim almost, or uh, an example that kind of shows what the different forms of government do. So socialism. You have two cows, give one cow to your neighbor. <laughs> Communism. You have two cows, give both cows to the government, and they may give you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows. You give all the milk to the government, and the government sells it. Nazism. Or Nazism. You have two cows. The government shoots you and takes both cows. <laughs> Anarchism. You have two cows. Keep both cows, shoot the government agent, and steal another cow. <laughs> Capitalism. You have two cows. Sell one, buy a bull. So Ooh. socialism, from what I understand, is more like equal among the people. Right. And communism, uh, it's you give the government everything and the government distributes it to the people equally. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just, I think that's the core difference between the two. So this animal farm is specifically attacking communism and not socialism. Right. I found some formal definitions for these a while back. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure where I got these. I'm not sure the sources. You can do your own research, as we encourage you to do. Um, but my definition for socialism that I found was a political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates that the means of production distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole Mm. as opposed to communism a political theory derived from Karl Marx advocating class war and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs so similar and they kind of stem from similar Mm. ideals and they can run alongside each other oftentimes Um, but yeah as you said like one is socialism is more about people yeah and as as your definition said the means of production is seized by the people and not by right. the government mm-hmm. right uh, in communism the government has all of that the government controls the information right the production the land and distributes it to the people equally in socialism people distribute it equally to the people right so now this book animal farm shows what can happen and what often does happen when socialism is attempted or right. even communism, but this book is specifically for socialism. Socialism? I would say, based on the definition. Yeah. Socialism. Because yeah, it's, it, it's uh, all the animals mm-hmm. collectively right. seize the means of production. Yeah, but they it's elect socialism. the leader. But then it, yeah, it, it but turns it into, turns com- into yeah. communism. Yeah. But it's specific. Yeah. It starts with socialism. As we said, Orwell was a supporter of socialism, just not communism. Which I don't um, understand. How can someone be a supporter of socialism and not communism? Cause and he, vice versa. Because he wants... Um, the ideal, would to use the example of the book, is to have someone um, more like... Uh, uh, what's his name? Snowball? Snowball. The pig. Yes. yes. And so where he is kind of... I mean, he does kind of direct things, but at the same time, it's kind of a team effort, and everyone's in the community is serving these things and they have all these great visions of electrical engineering and building this great windmill and whatever else. But the problem is when uh, he argues the problem with communism and we would argue, you know, the problem with socialism is it just turns into communism where we have, it's just inevitable for people like uh, Napoleon to 
Napoleon as Napoleon the, the pig in book. Animal Farm. No, yeah. Yeah, so Napoleon is, and pig. Snowball are the two leaders of Animal Farm. Right. And uh, Snowball is more socialist. Napoleon turns communist. He's a dictator. I believe, I believe a... Napoleon is a direct representation of Stalin. Yeah. Like, I yes. think that's yeah. been explicitly and right. I think somewhere. Right. Who was it that... Uh, Snowball was Snowball. He was another Russian. Was he Lenin? Um, it or, was something started no. with an S. No, yeah, Stalin, um, Stotsky or something. I may be saying that wrong. I, I wanted to find uh, it first before I made myself look stupid by saying it wrong. But Trotsky. Trotsky, yeah. I was close. Trotsky. <laughs> so yeah, Stalin and Trotsky are Napoleon and Snowball. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, within the narrative, you have, and we even have, like, an old major who's a uh, representation of Karl Marx. Yeah. Where he has this dream, he has this vision, and he lays it out, and he's like, we can be this great socialist nation and uh, get rid of the humans and rebellion. There can be an uprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, do we I mean, want to explain the plot of the book first for those yes. who did not get a chance to read it? Oh uh, yeah, because yeah, because you shouldn't be mad if we spoil it. So, so um, Jin, you want to give a synopsis? It starts out where the farm is in the property of this man named Jones, and he is very very poor to toward his animals. He rarely feeds them, and they're upset because they do all of this work for him, and all he does is take their things. He takes the milk from the cows. He takes the chickens. He beats them. He beats them. Yes. Yeah, he beats the horses and works them to their fullest. And so the animals then get so angry that they kick out the humans and take over the farm. And at this point, this is when it really focuses on, on Snowball and Napoleon. Yes. Right. The two are always duking it out. One has an idea, and the other has the exact opposite idea. And if you look, it's usually Napoleon who is more aggressive towards Snowball's ideas. Snowball right. has this good idea, and then Napoleon comes in and is just mm-hmm. ruthlessly attacking it. Yeah. And he's also very eloquent in his speeches towards the animals. And Snowball is. Yeah. Well, not Napoleon. Snowball is. Napoleon isn't quite as elegant. Napoleon's always appealing to like their emotions and stuff. Mm. And especially later on the in the book, it's always... Do you want to go back to Jones, the previous right. owner? But then, um, I was going to say something. Yeah, and then there's a pig left. that represents the media. His name is Squealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so the pigs, I think, represent almost an aristocrat or a yeah, higher class. Yeah, but Squealer specifically represents, like, the media and Yeah. Oh, I remember propaganda. what I was going to say. So it's important to remember that they're... So at the beginning, whenever all whenever the animals revolt... The pigs had been studying and, like, learning English to read and write. I know it's crazy, but they did. And at the time of the revolution, once all the animals are now free on Animal Farm, the pigs are already established as a more intelligent class, whereas the other animals aren't as smart. Most of them don't even know how to read. Right. And the pigs, they write these, I think it's seven? The seven commandments. seven tenets of what you should never do and what you should do. 
Yeah, they're the Seven Commandments. So uh, they're like, whatever goes on two legs is an enemy. Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. No animal shall wear clothes. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. No animal shall no kill animal shall any kill other, other animal. animal. And seven, all animals are eaten. Yeah, but slowly over the course of this, through the power of the media and through slight changes in gaslighting, those are changed in order to subjugate the less intelligent animals. Right. So, at the beginning, they all decide they don't want any of the animals to look like the humans at all. Avoid all right. traits that the humans had. Because they are bad traits, they are evil, which is why they have all these rules. I mean, Jones was an alcoholic, so no alcohol for animals. And the humans slept in beds, so no yeah, beds. nobody was even allowed in the house At for first. a little while. Right. And but then slowly the pigs started encroaching on these rules. Well, at first they let everyone in. Uh, to well, yeah, they paraded through the house, but then it was like, this is a museum. Nobody used this. Right. It's, right. Nobody's gonna live in here. It's and then just the slowly a reminder of the bad days. Right. Yeah, and that's the story of the book. It's just a slow, a slow progression to pigs. from the pigs being right. equal with everybody and they're just <clears throat> the leaders to, okay, now we need this so that we can lead you better. This is for you. Where it's in your best interest if we get all the apples because they make our brains work better. Right. It's in our best. Right. It's in your best interest for us to live in the house and sleep on the beds mm -hmm. because we are like our, our dear leader napoleon he's working so hard for all of you and they get around these rules by changing them slightly for example the no animal shall sleep in a bed they added with sheets afterward so that the pigs had an excuse to use the beds without violating the commandment and right. this is this is the point where the intelligence of the animals comes into play because the majority of the animals couldn't read the commandments at the start. Right. And so later on, there were like two or three animals that could even read them. And everyone was so dumbed down by their work. They were laboring all the time. Little food. It was like, oh, I guess I just forgot that the commandment said this. And it right. was gaslighting. It was like, if you've read 1984, when the Ministry of Truth is always changing everything. It always that's what, was. Yeah, that's what's happening in Animal Farm with the pigs. The pigs are right. rewriting history. It's like the famous picture of Stalin with the one guy that got erased from the picture. That right. guy was never in the picture. It was always just Stalin by himself. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's interesting the way also yeah, and, the end it. Yeah, so the animals generally represent the working class. And they, well... Yeah. Yeah, each type of animal plays a different role. Right, like in the it. horses, boxer specifically, represent the workers, and they think the best, boxer specifically thinks that the best way to solve the problem is to just work harder. That represents the patriots, the, uh, the nationalists in the society that are proud right. of this nation, yeah. or the proud of the communist nation, and work hard, work their best to produce yeah. good for them. Who genuinely believe that it. It's a yeah, good thing. Yeah, they're they, not trying to manipulate anything. They're, they're they just... have no bad intentions at all. They yeah. think that they are doing good. Right. And then, obviously, there's the pigs, who are the upper class, who are the leaders, right. who are manipulating yeah. everybody. Yep. The dogs, which represent the police yeah, so and military power. The, the police state comes in whenever uh, Napoleon has trained dogs to the point where they are, they are the military mm -hmm. that are... Enforcing all of his rules. Have public right. execution. There are the sheep, yeah. which are <laughs> the sheep. <laughs> yeah, they are sheep. All they do 
is spout is repeat propaganda that they are fed by the government and right. they shut down debates by just chanting four legs good two legs bad and they there's no open debate because they come in and they shut it down immediately right yeah and then near the end um another connection to stalin is when the pigs start wearing clothes and walking around on two legs and drinking alcohol and um, the rules are eventually reduced to one rule, which is all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> and and it, it's become the kind of the famous maxim of Animal Farm. Um, it's and basically what happens is the pigs start having uh, negotiations with the humans, and, and, and not to not to spoil humans. the end of the book. But we the said pig. We, were gonna spoil. we said well, we were gonna spoil. We could leave like the very last part for people okay, if okay. you still want to read it. Okay, it's, fine. it's good. Okay, fine. I, last yes, line the, is continue. very potent. Yes, the pigs base start copying the humans. They're living in the house. They're wearing the clothes. Right. And like for instance, at the beginning, there were ideals that weren't written down, but they were still ideals that the mm -hmm. pigs had told the uh, other animals should be followed, like no trading with humans. We will be self-sufficient. We have everything we need here on the farm. We don't need help from any of the other other people. But then later on, we start to see them trading, Napoleon trading with other people, right. to the point where now Napoleon and the the pigs are taking milk. They're taking right. eggs, and they're selling the eggs just like Jones did. Yeah, and another right. thing, uh, before the animals revolted, the farm was called Manor Farm. Afterwards, they called it Animal Farm, and near the very end, Napoleon renames it to Manor Farm, right. kind of signifying that it was, at the end, worse than it was before, or as At, at the very least, the same. But yeah. you could argue that it is worse, given that it is fellow animals mm -hmm. that are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's kind of a synopsis of the overarching story right. and some elements in it. Now that we have the synopsis, I have a... There are a few questions we can go down that kind of tease out the meanings of this book culturally. Um, so, like, first off, so why was Animal Farm so significant whenever it was published? Like, what was the big, what made it such a huge success? Well, when, so, when was it published? This was published in, like, the late 1940s. Uh, Orwell tried to publish it during World War II, and he was rejected by all his publishers because at that time, everyone was rightly anti-Nazi, but because of that, everyone was pro-Stalinist Russia right. because the Russians were helping fight the Nazis. And Nazis are so bad. He was <laughs> he was unable to get it published because people thought that he was a, a Nazi sympathizer, which is incorrect. He was a British socialist. Right. But then once World War II ended and people were starting to become anti-communist, that's when it took off. And in the United States, I think it was published in... 49 maybe oh, it like sold 600,000 copies in the first four years right yeah. and it's still selling to this day mm -hmm. right so everyone 1984 yeah everyone really responded to the anti-communist message especially since that you know the cold war started eventually and there was right. a lot of anti-communist tensions for yeah. the next several decades yeah now there was one downside to uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm in 1984 and Brave New World by uh, Dostoevsky? No, no Huxley. Huxley. Huxley, okay. Um, uh, 
That's the one downside to some of these is that it did create this um, kind of era of depression. Um, these, these books were like widespread all over campuses and um, they, they were very much um, the, the prophets and the, uh, the kind of the insight providers yeah, of what, what comes of a socialist uh, nation, of a communist nation. Um, and a lot of that, you know, they're, they're all depressing endings, and it's all just showing this brokenness and this darkness. And a lot of what that did is, sure, it shone a light on the truth of this, uh, th this dark truth, but then a lot of a lot of college students responded very negatively, and they believed it, but were very depressed. It was this era of depression and this era of kind of just hopelessness. And when was that? Um, this was about the same area when this was published, so like 50s? 1940s, 50s, um, and that even played into some of the, like the later stuff, like the 60s and 70s. I find it amazing that in the 60s the drug revolution happened, mm -hmm. and then you know decades earlier Huxley was like, maybe this is a bad thing. Yeah, Prince Brave New World to warn against that sort of thing, the government usage of drugs. We we listened to Francis Schaeffer about the uh, contraceptives in the water towers and right. stuff. So MK Ultra. Yeah, uh, I think that's... Is that what it was called? What? No, MKUltra is a different thing. Okay. But, like, all of those things, you know, they were warned about by Huxley. And kind right. of... I think Huxley was a supporter of drugs for rec recreational use. I remember I hearing know. about that. I don't know a lot of I don't know much about Huxley. I haven't yeah. read Brave New World. I don't really know yeah. a lot but, about that. But I would also recommend Brave New World. Maybe that's what yeah. our ne next podcast could be about, is Brave New World. You, you all think book together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to say, and only... One of us has read it so far, so... Yeah. Have you guys not read it? No, I haven't read, read it. it. You're the only one who's read it. You guys need to read it. It's uh, We've fantastic. read 1984. I've, I've heard you people argue uh, that Brave New... Excuse me. Brave New World is more prevalent in nowadays culture than yeah, 1984. Yeah, well, from your descriptions, that, that makes sense. sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, 1984 is more of a warning, like, here's what it could look like, like, right. 100, 200 years after right. the revolution. Yeah. 19, uh, Animal Farm is... The revolution. 1984 is several centuries after the revolution. And or, Brave New World is there was never a revolution. It just everybody's right. happier now. Right. Brave New World. It's kind of scary. So 1984. Kind of. I'll put Animal Farm in this group too. Well, no, not really. But 1984. You know, Orwell predicted that people would be controlled by the things they fear, like violence or pain or subjugation. Or torture, or death, and in Brave New World, Huxley predicts that we would be controlled by what we love—you know, pleasures, drugs, sex, right. trips, like all of those things. You know, he predicted that that is what the government would use to control us, and we see that in that, and we see both of those in our day-to-day -day lives. Right. We both have the fear from—we have the pressure from culture and media. It's more of a Western problem, exactly. Mm -hmm. The fear of being. Being othered, I guess. Yes, being not accepted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being rejected. Yeah. Yes. That's the antithesis of acceptance. It's rejection. But, it, but it's, it's more... <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, here's, here's more of my main... I'd say my as much as I love the whole uh, genre of... Uh, dystopia. Prophetic dystopia. Um, <laughs> uh, there is... My main criticism of it is the same I have of any... Um, any tragedy that is 
uh, not done properly. And what I mean by What's that is a proper is tragedy. A tragedy, a proper tragedy is one that also that zooms out at the end. At the very end, you can have a spiral into um, death and destruction and the absolute brink of ruin and hellfire. And but then at the very end, you can't just like stop there and just be like the end. Um, everything is dark. I think as Christians, we do need to. Um, a good tragedy should pan out at the very end, zoom out and say, okay, we are not going to be personally attached with this character. This is what is going wrong. This is why everything is collapsing. Here's how he could have been saved, but he's not. So we need to have kind of a, a, a distant view of the darkness instead of just ending wrapped up in darkness. And a lot of what these dystopias do is they just leave you with despair. And as uh, I mentioned there was this, the reaction of the college students was despair and pessimism and depression um, because they didn't have any hope. Fitting for a modern society that, post-enlightenment society that, you know, believes in materialism and doesn't believe in the God. And in that case, why does any of that matter? Like, why does, well, what, who cares if we're in a socialist or communist society? It's, why yeah. not be, act like the pigs, you know, eat, drink, and die for tomorrow? Or <laughs> eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. We die. <laughs> no, drink and die. Never, <laughs> eat, drink, and never put off tomorrow, till tomorrow for the today pizza we die. you can eat today. Right. Yeah. It's... Now, I think with Animal Farm, it's possible to look and see, okay, here's the turning point when things went I know. wrong. There really is what you could change. Right. 1984, that's not really the case. Yeah. Right. It is life sucks bad. at the beginning. Life sucks at the end. Mm-hmm. There's right. no way to change. Yeah, right. and, these, and Orwell bad. wrote that, and Huxley wrote his as cautionary tales. Right. And they were good cautionary tales. He didn't mean for them to yeah. for people to be optimistic right. about the future. Right. He meant for them to like both I of think them. the intentions were good and I think it was done effectively and it was done well. I mean I think yeah, it, it provided just a, looking, a shock that the yeah, culture looking needed. back, looking back, I think it's important to recognize that we do need to put hope in because 1984 especially, I think Animal Farm is better, but there is there is this kind of um I've heard like you you can't just tell people what not to do like you don't don't do that don't do that well they don't know what to do besides what you're telling them not to do and they're just gonna keep doing that until you offer them a better alternative and mm-hmm. you say here's how we fight this thing here's how we stop this from happening and I think we do need to have heard and be hearing more of that um, and not just be have a ta- have stories that are just lacking in salvation, any salvation. Yeah. And a big part of being able to uh, stop stuff like this from happening right. is to educate yourself about history and the history right. of communist countries and mm-hmm. the history of communism itself, the philosophy behind it. Because if you understand the philosophy that governs it and the right. and all the past examples of communism and socialism, mm-hmm. then you can debate with other people right. and explain right. to people like, who don't know why it's bad. Exactly. Right. Like in Animal Farm, all of the animals, they didn't know how to read so they didn't know how mm-hmm. to see that it was going wrong. And, and the only person who did likely see everything going wrong, uh, Benjamin, Benjamin the donkey, the donkey who, re- <laughs> who didn't tell anybody anything. He just right. sat there saying, oh yeah, I live a long time. He was kind of apathetic. He was he never... the old guy who saw everything that was going on and knew and, what was Yeah, happening. I mean, he could have led a counter-revolution if he wanted, or at least tried to, but instead he just sat there 
being cynical. Yeah, wallowing. Yeah, and we don't want to be that cynic that just watches yes. everything burn and just... And he's not... Benjamin isn't a character that people focus on a lot. I hadn't really until just now when I was thinking about it, but Benjamin should have actually... Had, should have gone out and told people... Yeah. That, because these animals were He did one really, time. When was that? Uh, the... Uh, whatever boxer, boxer. whenever oh, boxer yeah, was that, the... and and that's because he was best friends with boxer and right but he, he didn't care about anyone else. he didn't care about anybody else <laughs> yeah. so he didn't say anything yeah about i anything. think about and honestly <coughs> if he had said things maybe that wouldn't have happened to boxer yeah maybe yeah and another thing is i i think he represents people like i think in america now people who don't like america but don't want any change people who hate this mm. government hate this country i think it's but don't want to try for any change and only whenever it hits something near and dear right. to them right that or also right-wingers who just uh, all they do is read babylon b and complain about and listen to alex jones or and then just complain about everything and then don't do anything they're just like yeah. they fuss about it and they whine and complain and there's it's... a reason this is the greatest country in the world yeah. it's because i can drive up to the capital this <laughs> afternoon and talk to a representative like that's why we have such a good it's system. It's not a perfect country. I know, of course not. It's... But it is the greatest country in the world right now. And... Yeah, I mean, that I reminds fight me that. of uh, fight a joke that. that Ronald Reagan once told. Mm -hmm. He said that there was this uh, American and this Soviet that were talking to each other. And the American said, Well, America is so much of a better country, I can walk right up to the White House. I can bang my fist on the president's table and say, I don't like the way you're running this country. And the Soviet says, says, oh, I can do that, too. I can walk right up to the Kremlin, pound on the president's desk, and say, I don't like how America's running their country. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. It is. Yeah, so, Reagan with the jokes. Yeah. But yeah, we, we have such a good system here, but not very few people take advantage of it. I mean, you can become a citizen lobbyist at any time. You can work for yourself you don't need a fur right. or anything you can schedule an appointment to talk to your representative right. today and there are more effective ways to doing things than protesting for example so yeah i actually as effective as some protests have been it is also an interesting just cultural shift where everyone is just doing mm -hmm. these sign holding protests and and i'm not criticizing uh peaceful you know, i'm not just saying oh like uh, violent protests. I'm also saying peaceful protests are just, they're not always the best way to do things. There are better ways. You can talk to a representative. You can talk to people personally. You can you can hire lobbyists. You can yeah, do like, what are you, you trying to, to do when you're, right? what? You can talk to companies. You can get an appointment with like a higher up at a company. Say I had a problem with Walmart. I could get, you know, whether it's here, I could talk to that person there. They could refer to me right. to someone else. There are different ways. Like, if you have a problem with a company, you can go to that company and have questions and ask about those things. And maybe they'll let you in. If you have a problem with the government, you can go up, schedule an appointment, talk to your representative, senator, maybe even governor. And then on the federal level, you, I don't know, you'd probably have to talk to your uh, federal representative or such. And, I mean, every bill, or most every bill, starts with a constituent talking to the representative and that's what a lot of things is hey yeah there's this issue in this district okay i'll write a bill about it to address that because that's what my constituents want like that's a big thing there are more ways right. than just while i do think peaceful protests can be effective like with the civil yeah. rights movement whenever we had peaceful protests uh, right. i mean we have the right to freely assemble 
Right. I think yeah. it's something that people should use, but I don't think we should excessively overuse it. Like, right. just like I don't excessively overuse my free speech by yelling racial slurs at the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Only on the weekends. <laughs> no. But I, I see what you're saying, is that it doesn't reflect well if all it is, oh no, there's a slight inconvenience, protest. Or there's this thing, protest, instead of trying something else. Right. Yeah, there are better ways to go about things. Yeah. And we also, yeah, we should we should be active about doing things, and we should be strategic as well. We shouldn't just, you know, uh, you know, yell, yell at people or just rever- um, automatically fall back on protests. Um, there are ways that we can counteract things and think about things. Um, worldviews, especially like Alex said, understanding the worldview behind these things and why these things are going wrong. Um, helping to shape America would be understanding uh, the worldview of America and understanding the worldview of current day America. But what and, about our Italian listeners? Well, then they can understand the worldview of Italy and they can uh, <laughs> talk all, to their representative about how bad America is. Worldview behind have, your government. Uh, what I is, am genuinely curious to know if the listeners that are popping up from other countries, do, do they actually live there? Or are people using VPNs? I if don't know you are works. one of the Australian, New Zealander, or Italian listeners listening to this podcast, we would love to hear you if you can write an English email or <laughs> an English voice well, message. Or, or, or we, we can, put it, we English, can put it through. So yeah, apparently. Yeah, why, would, why would somebody who can't speak like, English listen to Maybe our they're podcast. just using it as like white noise to fall asleep. <laughs> 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 yeah. These guys are boring. Let's relaxing, this while we. Relaxing foreigners speak. <laughs> Maybe they're using us for like uh, an English English learning course. Like yeah, <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Absolutely, we'd love to hear. I don't know much about the Italian government. Do you guys know anything? about Yeah. The what Italian What are some? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't prob- know much. They about probably how already stopped works. listening since Sam made the bold claim that America is the greatest country in the world. America is the greatest. Or, but I think I think that about wraps up our discussion on Animal Farm. Do we have any ideas? I think we should do Brave New World next. I, I don't know about think next. we should see. Maybe you guys can read a book in two weeks. Depends on how big the book is. I was going to say, I have school and work. It's gonna. It would be tough for me to squeeze it's, in a book that I don't even have. Well, it's not a long book. It's not a long book? No, it's no? It's like... That was thick. I, I think it's shorter than 1984. Really? Let me, yeah. let me look it up. Okay. Uh, Brave New Worlds... Page counts. I might just be thinking of uh, what's the one? What's the one uh, Dostoevsky actually wrote? It's the. Uh, is it Dostoevsky? Crime and Punishment. I'm not. I'm thinking of a different guy. Am I? Yeah. The uh, Gulag Archipelago. Yes. Yeah, Gulag? I can't um, say his name. Gulag yeah. Archipelago. Um, see, a Brave New World has 268 pages, so it's not very long. I want to say saw. Uh, Tune in next week to hear us butcher more Russian names. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Now what we need to read, we need to read Fahrenheit 451. V for Vendetta. Like a lot of those classic dystopias. I've never heard of any of these. I've heard of Fahrenheit 451 and V for Vendetta sounds familiar. Yeah, same. You know the Guy Fox mask? Have you ever seen it? You'd, you'd recognize these for a friend. The Guy Fox mask. That's what, what I are you? And I don't know what saying. you said. Okay, so I don't Here. know what we'll be doing next Look. after this. Um, we haven't really thought of a plan. We would like yeah, to hear feedback mask. from you guys about what you guys would like to hear. Um, we've talked about classical education and such. We've talked about... Uh, we played some weird games. We've uh, 
what else have we done? We've uh, what are we doing right Insulted now? Animal Farm. <laughs> yeah, animal what did we what have we talked what about for we? the past thirty minutes? Oh, animal yeah, Farm. Animal farm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would like to hear if you guys want to hear us uh, read more books. Um, uh, hear us talk about books we read. You probably yeah. don't want to hear us read books. That's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, we could have. Well, depending on the book. But we could. We are get bedtime struck. stories with the Zoomer. <laughs> we are always open to questions, comments, concerns, yes. side remarks. And we have an like email. We have an take the podcast. Or all four. Yes. Yeah. We have an email in the description. We have an anchor podcast voice message link. Please right. send us your stuff. We would absolutely love to hear it. You may be on the next show because have we gotten any voicemails? Or we have not gotten a voicemail. Okay. We are alone. At the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. We have not gotten anything. It is March 26th. So, yeah. Yeah. Except it'll be much later than that. That's true. Uh, this episode will be released on the April. 19th of April. April 19th. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.